Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Um, but before we start, actually, I do have a complaint to make because this is the second time I have chatted to you two and no one has sent me a catsuit. <gasps> oh, no. Can I still don't s- have one. I still don't have one. And I, I'm ex- I'm expecting it any day in the post. Every <laughs> time you ask me on, I think, yeah, that'll be the postman. Catsuit will be here today. I'm and my yeah. very, I'm just showing off my bullet journal. Last time, Helen said she was going to send me one with Boris's face on the front. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't myself ill because I was vegan. Hello, scumbags. This is the Scummy Mummies podcast. With your hosts, Ellie Gibson and Helen Thorne. Hello and welcome to the Scummy Mummies podcast. It's me, Helen Thorne. And it's me, Ellie Gibson. And today, Ellie, we are delighted to have a returning guest. It's one of our favourite women on the entire planet. It's Elle Wright. Hello. Hello, both. Thank you for having me again. Oh, it's lovely. It's lovely. When were you last on, Elle? It must be a few years now. It was, yeah, it was, it was over to beginning of 2019, I want to say. And uh, Helen was a vegan that month. Um, <laughs> let me, let me, it's, it's difficult for me to, to be my, to cast my mind back, Elle, on exactly the details of <laughs> the meeting. Shall we set the on, scene? <laughs> yeah, based on my general memories of that time, let me guess that she told you how she felt amazing. She never felt better in her life. It was absolutely the best thing she'd ever done. And then it lasted about 10 more days. Was it something no, like the, that? the best thing about it was actually, it was your fault that she broke it that day, Ellie, because she was happily sipping on her cup of tea when you dropped the bombshell that the tea did in fact have cow's milk in it. <laughs> and she'd been happily recording and telling us all about her, her journey into veganism for the full two hours. And I derailed that journey. <laughs> I slashed the tires on Helen's And it was visit. just... Oh, it was wonderful. It was a oh. wonderful moment. I mean, oh. I enjoyed it. Oh, Ellie loved it because, do you know what was great? Is that every time we met someone new... I did do January and February to be... Apart from, you know, that little glitch. And that time that we had that... You know, we, we were at the posh House of Fraser thing and I had to have 
a pancetta. Do you remember that? Mm. <laughs> That's right. It was it was part of the uh, yeah the deal we signed that uh, an emergency yes. pancetta. <laughs> yeah, it's like you cannot come on this press trip unless you eat the pancetta. That's part of the House mm. of Fraser brand. Uh, yeah. We're trying to promote it at the moment. Yeah, we were with Cat Farmer and we were making like a cheese wrapped in prosciutto, and I thought I need that in my mouth. That sounds like a weird dream, doesn't it? I was with Cat <laughs> Farmer making cheese wrapped in prosciutto in House of Fraser. <laughs> you know when you wake up and you go how did that happen and we slept in a treehouse and then ellie was sick in the sink yeah you know <laughs> right at least there wasn't sick in i don't know the the bed I, I guess that's something reasons to be cheerful was it the house of fraser one as well where i wasn't sick in the bath or the sink but i put a, i threw a pillow it was one of those fancy rooms which had a stand a freestanding bath in the bedroom and i threw a pillow off my bed into the bath just to get yeah. rid of it and for some reason there was a little bit of water in the bath and then the pillow got soaking wet and I had to go to the reception the next day and go, there's a soaking wet pillow in my room. I just don't want you to be alarmed. It's, <laughs> it is water. It's not urine or another fluid. It's okay. Um, and I'm very sorry. It will dry or I'm happy to re- replace it. Pay for the pillow. Yeah, pay for the wet pillow. And I, In which case, I'll just take the wet pillow with me because they're not oh, cheap, those pillows. Oh, the shame. No. Yes, so it's a shame. Anyway, it's as usual, Helen, we're making it all about us. Should we, should yeah. we make it a little bit about the person we're here to interview? Just a little bit. If we must. Yes. Welcome back, Elright. For, uh, for those who haven't heard our previous episode with you, who are you, Elright? Who are you? Um, so I... I, I I've, I've written a book. I've written a couple of books now. That's why I'm here. Um, and I I started uh, 2016, 2017, sharing um, my story into motherhood on Instagram and via my blog. And um, that was about losing our son, Teddy, in 2016. Um, and kind of sort of quickly built up a, a community of women who were also going through some bad shit who wanted to to talk about it and normalize that conversation and um yeah from there I've kind of openly and honestly shared bits of um a secondary infertility journey which very fortunately and happily ended in the birth of our daughter last summer so um the the new book is all about what that that journey looked like Oh, congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. So I have a baby exciting. and a book baby. I have both. Oh. <laughs> oh, just show off, why don't you? Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> it's about bloody time, Helen, to have something to be happy about. <laughs> oh, absolutely. No one's going to deny you that. Absolutely. And I, you know, your wonderful book asked me his name. Um, I remember the, the phrase benchmark of shit. And we, I remember us talking about that on the podcast. And Ellie and I still use that phrase because it's just like oh my god and then you're with us all the time it's like Aww, you know as Elsa, that's lovely yes <laughs> so, when, so when, is it, do you mean like when something's really shit you go oh that's shit but it's not as shit as l yeah. <laughs> am i the benchmark of shit is that yeah. why i'm with you <laughs> yeah we don't go you know oh yes well that gig was a bit difficult but it's not as bad as polarizing grief yeah we don't that's not really <laughs> Oh. Why, don't I, why don't I just stick to the script, Elliot? It's when I go off piece, everything goes wrong. Mate, I wouldn't mind. You wrote the bloody script. <laughs> I love it. You've written a really nice, I think, quite sensitive, you know, running order. And you, then you fucked it in the first five minutes. Then I start free thinking. You know, that's ridiculous. So... <laughs> 
Oh, also, like you put, so you put at the top, Hen, and you've got like so you've obviously been through, let's say, quite a lot, Elle, uh, and you've had a baby, another baby, the last year, and then Helen's written, "How is Boris?" Yeah, let's start with that. <laughs> How's your dog? Okay. Dog, and that's I what did, people I, really want to know I did know that this would be a question that that would come up for Helen because yeah. I know that she worries about Boris night and day and, and, his, and his welfare yes. and I don't think there has been a time where I've seen Helen or spoken to her where that hasn't been one of her first questions so I was expecting it to be slipped in there so I thought she might be a bit more you know wait for a few questions in but she's just gone straight, straight, to the dog. straight in straight your dog how's your beautiful fat pug he is <laughs> He's wonderful. He's um he's getting used to to life as a as being an exemplary big brother. Um mm-hmm. more often than not less than exemplary, I'll be honest. He he didn't really take to it at first. He was a bit like what is that? Is it staying? Um <laughs> Because, you know, he's had a lot of attention for a lot of the yeah. time. Could have been worse. Um, Could have been, can I eat it? That's always tricky. <laughs> exactly. That's, a, that's a, Lucky he's a pug. Um, <laughs> and and uh, he did eat some dusty pizza out the bin bag the other day, which was a, which was a low moment. Um, he'll eat anything. It's disgusting. But he loves her now because she sits in a high chair and throws food for him. Oh. Yeah. And that this... is what he lives for. This question came up just yesterday, Elle, uh, with uh, TV's Claire Balding, who we've just had on the podcast. And I'm interested to see what your answer is. We were talking about another guest we had, Lindsay, who um, feeds her cat pizza from her mouth, from her own mouth to the cat's mouth. Wow. Now, we've asked Balding about this, but I'm not going to tell you her answer yet. I'd like to hear where Elle Wright stands on this matter. Would you feed your animal from your own mouth? Feeding pets from mouths is a hard no from me. Um, (laughs) I... I love Boris, as you both know, like a child, but I draw a line between... I will give him bits of my food at at the very end, not while I'm eating. Uh, But no, mouth-on-mouth action with my pug is not somewhere I'm at with my life. Mm. Baldy does it with horses, I will tell you. She, does she's she? been known to put her mouth on a horse's face, which I So what with a carrot like a or a polo. No, a polo. Yeah, but that's she said... very close contact. I would have thought a carrot would be mm. safer. Mm. I'm not shaming her, I'm saying what she said on our it's in the public domain. She no, yeah. And she was so... very she was very comfortable with sharing that. It's out there. Yeah. Um can I can I can I just interrupt play just for a sec? Um we forgot to mention who who's sponsoring the podcast, Ellie. Just oh, to be... oh sorry. We yes. should no, you're right. Well done on the admin. We should do that because they are lovely and uh, they actually make really nice things. Uh go on, yes. Helen, who have we got sponsoring us? I am very excited because my favourite bag company, Megan B. I'm showing the bag. I mean, it is audio. Uh, my yeah. favourite bag company, Megan B, are sponsoring this podcast and they are two mums called what did you guess? Guess what they're called? Megan B. Um, they made a bag company and they're London based and they design it here and you can choose a coloured bag and then a coloured strap and little tassels and little charms and they're awesome and um, we love them very much and it's nice that they've um, sponsored this podcast because we're all big fans of the bags. And they sent me a lovely bag. I got one with the gold with the stars and oh, it's marvellous. Nice. Yes, I, went, I went for a black one so I've got a, a bigger one now because obviously now I have all my mum shite to cart around with me. Um, yes. I've decided because I've already got one of their smaller ones that I bought a few years ago and I love I love 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 it um, I think you I've might have even it. had it on when you came to my house I think because I remember I going think to I did I also think I also think I had it on when I came to your, the the birthday party where where um Captain Birdseye came also oh, memories oh. yes <laughs> 
you know there's those good times when we could all just get together and hug yeah. cats in bird's eye yeah. yeah it was lovely um yeah very uh, handsy very handsy lovely very chat yeah oh, <laughs> putting putting the finger in fish fingers as we say but anyway um very nice man anyway bag check yeah genuinely though they're lovely bags they're really nice quality we've all got one l models hers a lot better than us but mm. still you know they're they're for they're for all ladies i yeah. don't know what i'm saying anymore i'm not good at this <laughs> helen no I, I i i wear mine all the time and it's often featured on um instagram and it's a crossbody bag right and someone on instagram said that um uh what's his name the podcaster oh, i've had a blank something in joe who who's the, who were the famous ones? The what? radio Anton Deck. No, the hey, other one. Halen Pace. You know the one who has a really famous podcast, and he was on Radio Six. Sean Keaveney. Oh. Jarvis Cocker. Uh, no, he's 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 a comedian, and they used to have a show, and they're really funny. <laughs> anyway, okay, I'll, I'll stop. <laughs> this has turned into like a four letters comedian, <laughs> like you know what I mean? And there's all the actions, and you're just shouting random names. <laughs> But not even good clues. Like you're not like going. He's from Norwich, or he's you know. like he looks like David Baddiel, but not David Baddiel. He's from Norwich. <laughs> Frank Skinner. No, the other one, the other comedian who's been around for ages. Sounds like he's rhymes like with Max Bygraves. George with Louis Through. Anyway, oh anyway, Adam Buxton, Adam and Joe. Oh, right. So oh Adam and Joe. <laughs> Adam and Joe said, "When you wear a, a cross strap bag, um, the song is by Sade." Boob separator, boob separator. All of that for that. All of <laughs> yeah. that for that. Yeah, that's what we went through just to get there. That's that, and that's the final destination, is it? You're not going to go. There's no topper. That's it. Cool. Excellent. <laughs> L. Sorry, I know you've done a book love. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Uh, hey, this is highbrow stuff. I love it. Very serious <laughs> subjects. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's meganb.co.uk. Um. <laughs> oh dear! Sorry, it's always like this, isn't it? It's who we yeah, kidding? Wonderful. Let's let's look. Let's talk about L's L's things. Um, yeah, congratulations <laughs> on that. Um, so, so how old's your baby girl now? She is coming up for nine months. She is crawling everywhere. She is um, quite frankly a magnet towards danger. Uh, she gravitates towards it like nothing I've ever seen before. Uh, and and so I spend most of my days running around trying to prevent her from seriously injuring herself. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah. Good times. Good. It's relaxing yeah. all the time, yeah. isn't it? It, it really is. It's, uh, yeah, but she's wonderful. And uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying her, enjoying getting to, getting to be a mum. It's lovely. Yeah. yeah. And how have you found that the whole lockdown business? Because obviously that's, uh, that's tricksy. <laughs> I know do you know what and I said this to to I remember saying to my mum like when I was first you know finally pregnant again last year and then we bloody went into lockdown the first time and I just thought it's fucking typical isn't it I wait all this bloody time to do it again and then that's it but oh by the way you got to go to the, all the hospital appointments which you already freak out about on your own um as a chance your husband might not even come to the birth like all of this stuff and I was just like oh my god the anxiety was just like mounting and mounting um but yeah once she was here and we came home we kind of had like a window from July to September where things were you remember we got that like taste of normality and we all got a bit ahead of ourselves and we were like oh yeah that's it it's all over now yeah Yeah. we were like bye corona (laughs) we win and then (laughs) 
didn't we? And we all thought we were so fly for a bit. And then, um, yeah, they locked us all up again. So that was really good fun. And then... Um, that's and now been... that bit that bit feels like a dream to me. Like yes. I'm like, were we allowed out for a few months? I don't really mm. remember that. I don't remember things yeah. being all right. That's weird. I know. And I think probably because during that time, most of us were, well, I know I certainly was, because Olivia was so small and she, you know, we were still in that very much, it takes three hours to leave the house or to do anything. So we did, we did so little that actually, mm. you know, when we did do, do anything, it didn't really feel like we did much. And so in that time, it wasn't like we went wild and then we were all locked up again. So it's, it's yeah. I mean, it's been challenging, like like anyone who's who's had small children or, or given birth over the last year. You know, it's not how you expect it to be um, being on your own all day with a small baby. Um, mm. And I guess probably I just felt in the first months or I was probably missing out on stuff. And, you know, there are still friends of mine, a couple of my best mates haven't even haven't even met her because they live in different parts of the country. And mm. yeah, that that's probably been the toughest thing that, you know, we've waited for all that time and then um, haven't really been able to share in that much with everyone. So that's been yeah difficult but I feel like now we're coming back into hopefully a little bit more freedom we went to our first baby sensory class last week and that was banging um she was she was buzzing to be there I had I don't know why I had any fears about her being shy or retiring because she was the class clown um and quite frankly loving it so uh yeah, yeah I'm excited to be able to go again so yeah it's good well, she, I can imagine she's, I'm sure she's funny because you're very funny. And that's one of the things I love about your books, which are incredibly moving and, and tragic, let's be honest. But they're really funny and there's really good jokes in them because you're... Yeah. yeah, and I think, but you know what? And I think that's, oh, that's just what, that's been part of my upbringing. That has always been a huge part of how my parents have taught us to, to carry on and not just ignore it and, you know, get on with it it's more been you know do what you can to get through it and um mm. and humor is a huge huge part i think if you can't laugh at yourself then you know what is what's the point was the reaction to the first book kind of what you were expecting better than anything i ever expected i i was really fearful and i remember saying again to to friends and to you guys when we spoke last time is i i was worried that actually that it was too much of a scary subject and most most of us as mums like we don't even want to think about that let alone you know the thought of something happening to one of your children is just like you know, and I, I, Ellie, I know you've been been through it being in in neonatal unit. You, it's all your first worst fears realised, isn't it? And mm. I think I was so incredibly conscious that people would be like, "No, this is too much. This is too much. I don't. I don't even want to be taken that close to the glass of looking in to even know what that might feel like." Um, and so when the book did as well as it did, and as many people read it as read it, it yeah, it kind of blew my mind, and I felt incredibly incredibly lucky that that many people wanted to read about what we'd been through as a family yeah it was so it was so beautiful and and I mean I know I know um you're so generous in in what you share and what you do uh and in Instagram but are there are there times that you've had to step away from 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 social media and and providing that is that is that a lot sometimes to take absolutely and I I think um last year was a really good example of that I was I really struggled in pregnancy with Olivia because I just you know there's there for me there was not there was not a safe point there was never a point where you know 
I thought, okay, if I can get past this point, then it's not going to happen again because, you know, I'd had a, a healthy pregnancy with Teddy and then he died when he was three days old. So there was never a point where I was thinking, okay, then I don't have to worry past that point. It was always, I was almost ramping up towards the end of the pregnancy thinking, okay, this is going to get, I'm going to feel worse now. And I did feel worse. And to the point in the last few weeks, I it wasn't even a case of me just stepping back from Instagram. I think I just stepped back from life. I couldn't answer WhatsApp from, from friends. I couldn't, even if I knew they were well-meaning, I felt like there was just this sort of unsurmountable pressure of people wanting to know when the baby was coming, if I was okay. And, and I wasn't okay. I was an absolute mess. And I think just stepping back from social media was part of that. Um, because it's very, very difficult when you're really struggling with your own anxiety to be continually reading other people's stories of things that have just happened to them. Yeah. Mm. Um, not that, you know, you think that that will make it be more likely to happen to you. I've I've been doing this and writing about it long enough to know that it's not catching. Um, but it's just, I think when you're already in that really tough place, it's like the last thing that you need on top of everything and I just didn't have I didn't have the emotional capacity for it at all Mm. I just reached my limit and I think after Olivia was born I really realized how much in recent years I had immersed myself in that that amazing community that wonderful um world online but equally how I needed to take a big step back just to let myself and let us as a family just enjoy that time of having her here which is why I just yeah took a break from it totally for six Mm. months and it was wonderful really lovely because I'm get, I mean, it sounds so far. I've got this wrong, but it sounds like you're saying it's kind of like you've almost got this dual pressure. You've got the pressure of like people who've been through the same thing or going through the same thing, and that's an yeah. enormous lot of emotional weight for everybody. And then you've got people who haven't, so they can't possibly understand, but they want everything to be all right. Yeah, and they kind of want to go. Oh, you've got your happy ending now. It's all fine, isn't it? It's all fine. That's um, human nature, isn't it? I think we all we all see something horrendous playing out and then we kind of want to fix it we want to fix it for that person don't we we want to be like okay well now this has happened so you're you're all right now aren't you that's going to be okay but it's it's a difficult one I think particularly with the the death of a child um is that even if you go on to have one two ten more children there's always one there's always that one missing it's never going to be a happy ending um as such and I guess it's just the start of for us it's the start of a much happier time like a a new chapter in a new, a new part of life where we're not perpetually caught up in that uh, you know bouncing from IVF treatment to loss to this to that and you can just step off of that for and just enjoy life and stop mm. putting stuff on hold like we had for so many years and I, I know in both books you talk about some of the awful things people have said to you, both after you lost Teddy and also after like going through IVF. Um, and I thought it was great that you also said, you know, actually, here's some practical, here's what you can say. Just saying, I'm here. I, I, yeah. I'm, when you prefer when people don't pretend to understand what you're going through. And I think that's the thing. It's like, you know, I, I know that when somebody says something to me, it's come from the right place. And then they're not trying to be, you know, they're not, they're not trying to upset you. you know, they're just desperately clambering around to try and say something, anything, like say the right thing and like bolster you, which is lovely. And it comes from such a good place. But I think sometimes, particularly when you're going through something like 
pregnancy after loss and it's it's such a mind fuck because you it's not that you don't want to be happy or excited or have that blissful naivety of a really lovely pregnancy you desperately want to be like that more than anything but your mind won't let you go there so it's not you being negative you just you're caught in this oh my god every day just carrying it around on your shoulders and so when somebody says something like oh don't worry about it be fine this time it just it feels like it completely sort of undermines all of those really valid emotions that you're struggling so much with and then you start to feel a bit silly because you think oh is that what everyone thinks does everyone think that I'm just I just need to cheer up and that that just Mm. cheering up could could um could help how I feel for the next but then you think well then I'm just pretending and then surely you know like with anything with your mental health if you just pretend and then actually inside you're not in a good place at all um yeah that's quite quite dangerous so I I tried really hard uh, throughout the times when you know we could see and talk to people the the bit of contact we had um during sort of lockdown last year when I was pregnant I yeah tried really hard to just when friends did say anything that was a bit not maybe the best thing to say to me in that moment I would just try to really respectfully say to them well actually I'm really struggling and and it's not that I'm trying to be like this um and actually I think when you say it to people they're like oh yeah of course yeah sorry I didn't mean to I didn't mean to sound but yeah and I think that's Mm. that's important and with IVF you know people just when you're going through fertility struggles they're just like why don't you do IVF like like you could be having all these investigative things go along and you could just go oh yeah I'll just go rock into the doctors and be like one for IVF please I'm ready like yeah. it doesn't, like, doesn't work like that <laughs> do they do they expect you to go I, 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 Ivy what what, what are you to, Ivy what that sounds amazing I didn't know you couldn't do can you do this that can you that's amazing I, I'll go and I'll, well, what's the website I shall sign up yeah. immediately yeah. like you've never thought of that that's not a conversation you're having or, or that's not something I that know. you know maybe you have thought about and, and decided not to do or you know that's yeah and I think mm. that's another thing is that I, I guess it's incredibly difficult to understand unless you have, have been through it are going through it or know somebody you know you're very close to somebody and you've kind of walked that path with them it's very difficult to know and understand what that journey looks like and actually how much is involved before you even get to that point of being eligible for for IVF treatment and then when you get to IVF what that entails because it's not just a quick you know in you go and you know it's over within a week and pop your legs in the air and we'll just put a baby in there and off you shuffle it is it takes over months of your life and not just physically but emotionally I mean the 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 drugs there was one particular drug that I took that just turned me into an absolute bitch. Oh, I, was I run the O's at university. Yeah, that's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what? You, get it, you can get it on the NHS. I mean, honestly, honestly, mine's called Chardonnay. <laughs> <laughs> honestly and and each time they said oh you know we'll need to put you back on this bucerolin drug I was like no please don't don't put don't put me on that um and it because because you once you know what that that feels like and what it what it's like to be on a drug a powerful drug like that for weeks on end you're just like no I don't want to do that again but part the other part of you is you have to do this because if you want to get to where you want to get to which is having another baby you've got to do that and it's just yeah so you're on this excuse me you're on this permanent sort of merry-go-round that sucks you back in and then sort of spits you back off again and it's Mm. yeah because you 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 write so beautifully in the book about you know you had a few rounds and and just just 
so much um, time and emotional toll on you, and but also on on you speak so beautifully about your husband and how supportive he was throughout this because that must be you know obviously you go through hard things yeah but, but partners going through that as well that's that's that was really beautiful the way you wrote about that as well I think it's tough because when you're the one that's physically going to be the one who if you get if if you achieve pregnancy it's going to be you carrying the baby so you know husbands partners whoever the non-baby carrying person is in that scenario um they 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 have to watch the person that they care for the most going through hell really you know taking all those drugs willingly in the hope that it's going to pay off for both of you and it Mm. is I think it must be really difficult to watch and you know I think particularly when we did round two and it ended in um, a really complex miscarriage that went on for weeks and weeks. I mean, I could just see my husband's face every time we went to those scans and he was just in disbelief, but also wanting to help me. But there's there's nothing you can do other than just be there for each other. So, mm. yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said I was complimentary about him because, um, yeah, he'll... <laughs> I'll remind him. Of, I'll remind him He's... of that. I like that you asked about him second, though, Helen. Boris first, and yeah. then Nico. That's. I'm getting. I'm getting a feeling of the yeah. order of things in the house. Now. Uh, given yes. given my current um, marital uh, status, Ellie, I am much bigger fan of dogs right oh, now. Mate. Marry a pug, mate. Marry yeah. a pug. Oh, babe. Three ideal. of them, thanks. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. So yeah. Your second book, as you say, is all about the the IVF journey is is journey a word we're using is journey a bit journey mm. sounds cheesy as fuck doesn't it but I do always say it because I feel like there isn't really another way to describe it because it is it's, mm. it's like a mission of a journey to be honest because you're so it takes over every well I found it it takes over every corner of your life and even when you're not thinking about it you're trying to just do you know everyday stuff it it's still it's still very present in everything that you do. And um, I can actually remember that the, the last podcast we recorded when I came to your house, I was on Bucerolin, the horrible drug at that time. And I remember even thinking, uh, like, I've got to leave at this time because I need to make sure I can get back and do my injection. Because if I miss my injection, like, it's, it's even if you're doing normal stuff that you need to do, it's still there. It's like follows you around everywhere and what what um i know that you're such a beacon of um i don't know hope and and you're so wonderful to your followers and the people who so who for you were your sort of inspiration or you know who helped you go when you were going through these dark and hard times i think there is an incredible community of people online and i've referenced a lot of them in in the back of the book actually but listening to to podcasts um there's a a brilliant podcast by two girls called uh, gabby and emma and they do the big fat negative i don't know whether you've heard of that podcast um and it is all about getting that negative test result every month and and going into fertility treatment and they talk about all kinds of you know all aspects of um fertility uh whether that turns into donor egg conception through ivf or things that you know i didn't even get to that to that point and i think it really to me opened my eyes to even when you feel like you're quite far along in that journey and you're running out of options there is so much more out there that we don't even know about until we start to scratch the surface and you know knowing that there were women out there having those conversations and creating that community definitely definitely helped me because 
although I was really lucky that my friends were very supportive and um and tried their best to listen and and talk to me and and be understanding it's really tricky unless you've been through it to truly understand what that person's going through and Mm. you know stuff like that really helped me because otherwise it can be incredibly isolating it'd be really it can be really lonely because you feel like the only person you know who doesn't seem to have the ability to to spawn an offspring and everyone else around you is just like having more and more babies and you're like oh for god's sake don't don't you say in the book your mum says some people make it look like shelling peas yeah i just thought it was very but i know it's that's exactly so my mum thing to say yeah (laughs) so my mum thing to say she was like oh some people make it make it look as easy as shelling peas and it's when you get that that like that visual of all the peas just popping out the pod it is like (laughs) yeah and she's right and i you know i had i had friends who did they were incredibly fortunate that they they were wonderfully fertile and were able to have children baby upon baby and and I think when you aren't able to do that you start to feel very stuck and very left behind as well and Mm. um yeah so it's good to have those people online who are creating communities and um and letting women have that conversation and that space to feel like they're not alone. Yeah. Well, good mm. to have your book, obviously, because uh, your your journey, uh, as we are calling it, is well, it is incredible. Read what you went through, and obviously, everybody's experience will will be different. You know, I, again, I wouldn't pretend for a moment to understand what that's like, what you've gone through. Um, but one thing that we do, I do completely understand, L, um, is your hatred of beetroot juice. <laughs> Uh, which you talk about several times in the book. Passionately. What I... the fuck is wrong with people? Helen likes beetroot. Do you Go like on, Helen. it? I adore it. I love beetroot a lot. And I like drinking it. I like eating it. Um, I've got uh, two jars in the go uh, in my fridge currently. Uh, I like a very vinegary one. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I got with the beetroot juice. I really got into it. And dates and prunes. You like a Ellie, prune though, Ellie. Do you, you like have the prune? ability to do a Jackie Weaver here and kick her out? Because <laughs> I have the authority. <laughs> I just don't know if I can go. As oh. you say in your book, Elle, it is like licking soil. It, it is. is. It... Why don't you just take a bloody spoon out to the garden and dig up the fucking lawn? What's wrong with you? I will. I will. I absolutely will. And I'll and I'll do a nice magenta coloured shit at the end. And of it's it. also <laughs> and also beetroot juice. wee is alarming, especially oh, dude, dude. So especially is... when you're going through IVF and everyone in the world has had a rummage around down there, and you're like, I'm bleeding. No, it's I just drank loads of beetroot juice. It's just beetroot wee. <laughs> that is not a place mate, I want to be in my life mate, no. and that, that was gonna that was gonna bring me neatly on to our scummy mummy confessions uh, and I might have told I hope I haven't told this one on the podcast before I don't know but about three years ago Helen took us to on a on a retreat a health retreat called the body camp in Ibiza yeah I remember uh, watching when you guys are on this and thinking <laughs> what are they up to now <laughs> it was very off idea. brand but we had a lovely idea. they were they were very good fun the people who ran it and we had a, we met some great people but we had a lot of vegan food which you know obviously i am i'm all for <laughs> sometimes uh, <laughs> 10 months of the year i'm all about that uh 80 vegan that's our next 80 vegan yeah <laughs> um so yeah so and and there were, the food wasn't there weren't enormous portions uh, so I just ate absolutely everything that was put in front of me, including Elle. I did eat beetroot. I did mm. break the beetroot haters code and I ate the beetroot, but I'd never, I've not really eaten it before. So then later that night in our shared oh, no. room, I'm like, um, Helen, I need you to come and look in the toilet. I think I'm having some really bad reaction to all this exercise and healthy eating.
anything. She's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, my piss is bright pink. She's like, you fucking moron. You've seen some beetroot. So, <laughs> and was that the same night that we set the curtains on fire? No, that was the first <laughs> night we got there. <laughs> yeah, the first time we got there they're in this fancy hotel room and like they give you a lovely scented candle which obviously we lit with like Helen's lighter and then I was like oh which she bought in case she wanted a fag obviously between yoga sessions obviously of health and then I was like oh electric curtains balance. and I pressed the electric curtain to pull the blind down and then suddenly we're like oh the curtain's on fire <laughs> this is amazing this is why oh, we're not allowed ha- have you ever been invited back to the body no. care no <laughs> No. Are you banned um, forever? I hope I not. Hope so. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want more beetroot and, and fires. Um, yeah, no, that oh. was that was excellent. It was yeah. excellent. I, I um, yeah, I had some health uh, results yesterday, and I, apparently, I don't have any immunity to anything, and I've got like low vitamin A, B, and um, whatever. And so they said I've got to improve my gut health. So I just went home and ate an entire jar of sauerkraut, and now mm. now my tummy hurts a lot, and I'm doing some great farts. So I'm really glad, in a way, uh, we're not together yeah. um, because I'm. I'm so Me too. Strong. Now I've heard yeah. that. I've, I've done. I've done three farts since this podcast started okay. so yeah it's really have you tried good. not have you tried eating a food that's not pickled like fuck your beetroot <laughs> and your cabbage just eat like have a sandwich mate just oh. have a nice ham sandwich or a finder's crispy pancake something oh, like right. that fair enough, be fair nice, enough. Be nice. i don't yeah. think they are recommended for gut health but <laughs> <laughs> we can but dream yeah There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Uh, well, look, I feel like I've done my scummy mummy confession. Do either have you of you have one you would like to share today? I I yeah. actually have a question as a, as mm. a mum to a small baby. Um, and I don't know whether it's a confession, but I feel like it's something that I need to just get out there and ask the question. Is it normal to have a fascination with your child's earwax when they're a baby? Is that is that a thing? 
Like, you know how our ears are so efficient when we're children. Mm. So when my daughter has earwax now, she doesn't just have like a bit of a waxy ear. Since she's been tiny, literally out of nowhere, a whole perfect ball of wax will just appear. This kind of of thing. Yeah, what is that? Helen's holding something at all you're holding up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, not quite as big as that because her ears are tiny. But And then I'll look at it and I'll think, I've got to get that out. And then I'll get it out. And I, I won't just throw it in the bin. I'll just like have a little look, look at it and sort of roll, roll it between my because she's mine it's Whoa. the same as doing it with my earwax isn't it not that I would even do that with my own earwax but I don't know I just need to know has anyone else ever done that with our child's earwax or um, do I need locking up no <laughs> no I, I, I'm, fa- I'm, I'm, I'm all for that I, we used to call them pump- more... pumpkins my mum we said oh let's oh. check your ears for pumpkins and they're like tiny pumpkins oh. um, and, and also uh, what's it called cradle cap I used to get quite obsessed with getting that oh. off. That was get, getting. Um, did your did did your daughter get any of that? I was quite no. Obsessed. So Olivia didn't get it because she was born with a full head of hair, um, blonde hair. She looked like Wilfred Johnson when she was born. Like she came, like and I don't think midwives are used to seeing babies with like a full. Like they see babies with like thick dark hair, but she came out and it was like whoa, like oh. blonde hair. And um, and then everyone said to me, "Oh, that that's just baby hair. That will fall out. That will that will fall out." No, mm. it's just got bigger and bigger and, and bigger. Huh. And now to the point where I mean, I her fringe is over her eyes. She's nine <laughs> months. I have to clip it up into like a thing. Her neck, huh. her hair here is already down onto her neck, going into ringlets. Like what? she has an insane amount of hair, like thick blonde hair. And um, everywhere I take, like have taken her in the the time that we've been allowed out. Like when we went to this baby group the other day, all the other mums were like, "Baby's got so much hair," and I was like, "Yeah, she has." We've got her. We've got loads of hair accessories at home. So she never got. So she never got cradle cap because she just had so much hair. Well, look. All I my husband's very jealous. (laughs) Yes. Perhaps he could cut some off and fashion a wig or have some implants or something. Blow them right. Well, good. Good to know about the hair. I will. You know. All I'm going to say is, L. You sit in judgment. You sit in judgment of Claire Balding for feeding a horse with her own mouth. And you sit there and tell me you roll your child's earwax between your fingers. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? I realise now I've said it out loud to other people that actually, you know, rewinding to how you said, how has lockdown affected you? I think, I think we can all tell what it, what it's done, what it's done to me. Because, yeah, I mean, quite frankly, that's what I've been doing for entertainment. I don't remember being obsessed with the wax. I do remember Pete especially being completely obsessed with the shit and the colour and the consistency and the, like, he sent me a photograph. Oh, he was a photo taker. He was a photo. No, 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 no. Do you remember, Helen, we had a stranger send us a photo of their child's shit once? Oh, that's right, because they'd eaten some glitter. and But it was this massive photo. I remember opening the email and it was like a glittery shit in a... It's like a glitter bomb in a nappy. But it was incorrect. No, and it I wasn't thought in the could... googly eyes. I thought it in some googly eyes, didn't it? Oh, shit out there, was, of there was two. Eyes. There's two then. Uh, yes. Oh my there's god. Some no, people. Some people like. To... Yeah, no. If enough. you're listening and you're thinking of sending us a picture of your child's excrement, <laughs> it's not that we're not grateful to communicate to receive communications. We're always mm. lovely. I'm lovely to hear from <laughs> listeners, but maybe don't need to look at actual shit maybe just no. and it's if you're not expecting it out you know you're having your morning coffee and you open yeah. it it's it's not 
it's not right. It would be quite so, a tough file attachment to open it, wouldn't it? If you, yeah. Particularly, you know, if you're eating something vegan, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I'm approved. Maybe you should put some photos of this earwax on your Instagram, Elle. See what sort I of might. feedback you get. Yeah. Does yeah. anyone yeah. else do this? I'd, uh, to be fair, the bigger she's getting, it's not as impressive anymore. I think because she's bigger and now and now the, the wax doesn't look so big in comparison to, to her. So, yeah, I'm less fussed on it now. But there was a time when it was much fascination yeah yeah oh well there we go i think we're gonna have to we're gonna have to leave it there aren't we team <laughs> end on um, that high yes, end on that exactly. glorious note so your book l is called a bump in the road a story of fertility hope and trying again and beetroot juice and there's a little bit of boris in there for helen yeah and, measure uh, lovely stuff and the podcast was sponsored by meg and b who make really properly lovely leather bags with fabulous crossbody what did you call them the crossbody straps boob Boob separator separator. i didn't think she was gonna do it again she's done it again (laughs) yeah um yeah so thank you meg and b and do go to meganb.co.uk to buy one of their bags which are uh worn by l they're also worn by <laughs> Helen and I, but just let's gloss over that. Uh, <laughs> let's face it. Our brand is not aspirational. Excellent. Good. Um, what I think, is, is that everything, Helen? Have we got anything else we've got to mention or plug? No, um, no. just to say thank you, Elle, and thank Aww. you for writing your book. And um, we can't wait to touch you in real life. I know. Do wash, do wash your hands before you shake hands with us, because we don't know where they're Now you now. know. Now you yeah. know. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I'm going to see this baby's hair. I'm, that's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> I'll send I you wanna... a WhatsApp later. You're going to be oh, like, oh, what? yes, please. <laughs> Looks like she had a blow dry. It's pretty impressive. Oh, amazing! Uh, I like the idea of having dreadlocks, but sometimes she's two. I think that'd be a, that'd be a look, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, it's so lovely to see you, even on the computer, Al. And here's it's to so when nice. we can all all have a wine together and celebrate your new baby properly. Thank you very much, everyone, for Thank listening. You. Go to gummymummies.com for t- tickets and shop shit and all that. Until next time, bye bye. Bye. Separator. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.